right. Are you all warm this morning? Come on, somebody, right? We're all happy to be warm. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Give Tanya a round of applause for bringing out my podium this morning. Yeah. She just said, <laughs> she just said to me backstage, they're going to get so excited when they see me coming out. And, uh, but she'll join me in a couple weeks. Uh, we're beginning a new series today that I... I'm so excited for. And uh, that's not because she's going to be joining me in a couple of weeks. I'm just excited for the entire thing. Um, by the way, if you're new here, my name is Adam Harold, and I am uh, my wife, Tanya, that was just out with me. Uh, we lead this church called The Refuge together. We do it as a team. We do it as a team because I believe that every community is better with a mom's voice and a dad's voice. And uh, let me tell you that the, the Refuge Church is better because it has a mom's voice, and uh, and that that mom is is Tanya Harold, and she uh, she's incredible. So thank you so much for uh, we want to we want to say thank you for being here today. If you again, if you fill out that card in front of you, I'm going to send you a card in the mail just to say thank you for being so generous with your time. You can always get more money. You can never get more time, and so because you can't get more time. You're being the most generous that you ever can be. So thank you so much for uh, being here today. Well, we're starting a new series that I'm calling Shameless Relationships. And so we just finished a series called Shameless Prayers. And now we're going into Shameless Relationships. And the reason for that is because we have to have the vertical right before we can have the horizontal right. If we want to be right with people, we have to get right with God first. And so that's what we focused on over the last... Uh, I think it was a four-week series all throughout the month of January. Now we're getting into February uh, where we celebrate love, right? We celebrate relationships. And so we're going into a shameless relationship series uh, that uh, you can apply to every relationship. Let me just say that. Uh, This isn't a series focused on marriage. This isn't a series focused on relation, on, on uh, parenting. This is a message series focused on people, focused on others, focused on seeing other people the way God sees them. And so uh, shameless relationships, I can't wait for it. I'm excited for it. And I, because I'm excited for it, I want you to be excited for it. So I'm going to tell you where we're going. And uh, the first place that we're going today is we're looking at how we view other people, how we view other people. Next week, um, we're looking at how we treat other people, the treatment of other people. And then uh, week three, we're going to talk about who do we partner with? Partnerships. We're talking about partnerships. That's when I'm going to invite my partner in crime, uh, Tanya. She's my ride or die. She's my everything. And so she's my partner and, uh, and so she's going to be up here talking with me about partnerships. And then the final week, I'm, I'm really excited for this because we've never done anything like this before. Uh, week four is going to be your turn. That doesn't mean that you're all going to get up here and preach, by the way. Uh, that does mean, though, that you're going to help us preach. And the way you're going to do that is we're doing a Q&A uh, for week four. And so uh, we want you guys to participate. And the best way that we can participate in Q&A is to ask questions. And so 
uh, we're inviting you throughout the entire series to submit questions to us, uh, and we're going to make it as easy as possible. So uh, get out your phone, get out a piece of paper, get out the notes section in your phone, do something. Listen, it's 2023. I know you all have phones in your pocket. Some of you have them in your hand right now. You're on Facebook, whatever. You know, that's okay. That's fine. Uh, but write in your phone this phone number, 207-261-0060. One more time, 207-261-0060. Now, at any point in the series, if you have a question, submit it to that phone number. Uh, listen, I try to get like a quick little five-digit phone number, stuff like that. That costs like $5,000. We're not, we're not there yet. Someday, someday maybe, but I wasn't going to spend, uh, you know, $5,000 for a quick little text 77296. That, listen, we don't pay for 77296. How many of you know what that number is? That's our, that's our giving number. So if you want to text a giving dollar amount, listen, that's done through our giving center and we don't pay $5,000 for that one. But giving wouldn't allow me to just allow, have, allow me to have a number that you can uh, submit questions to. So um, 207-261-0060. I try to make it as as easy as possible. So text your questions in at any time, and uh, we'll take the best questions and and talk about those. Uh, Listen, that date is uh, February the 26th, and um, that service is still only going to be 60 to 75 minutes. So it's not like we're going to be able to answer every question, just letting the expectations known. All right. Uh, we'll still have a 60 to 75 minute service. So uh, we'll answer as many questions as possible. When I prayed and I asked God to give me a direction for this, this series, I believe that he led me to a very unique passage in Scripture um, of, that that he gave me a story, he showed me a story, and he showed me a, a context that I believe will absolutely change the way we look at all people. All people. I think that this is a, a view of people that every Christian, every follower of Jesus has to have. But it's a, it's a, it's a story in Scripture that doesn't even mention other people. It's, it doesn't mention relationships at all, and I can't wait to show you, but we're not going to look at, look at that quite yet. If you're in the, by the way, if you want to follow along in today's YouVersion Bible app, you can get on, you can scroll down, you can see where we're going ahead of time. That's one of the, the advantages to following along in the YouVersion Bible app. You can look at all the notes for today, but um, all of our notes are available on the YouVersion Bible app. It's, listen, if you don't have the YouVersion app, I, I, like you have to get it. It's it's absolutely incredible. Um, although although everyone has one of these, right? We all have one of these. Not maybe not everyone, but most of us have one of these. But this is mine, right? You can't touch it. It's mine. And so I believe that everyone should have your own paper Bible. But follow along with us in the YouVersion Bible app today. So every week. Um, every, every week I, I get home and, and I, I go to, to my wife and I'll, and I'll say things like, how'd you like the message? 
And can I just let you in on, on a, a secret of my heart this morning? Um, there are really only two people I, ca- I, I really care what they think about the message. One's Jesus, and the other is Tanya. And they're really the only ones I, I care really, really like the message. Now, that doesn't mean I don't care about you, all right? Don't, don't look at me like you're going to kill me, right? Because I know that if Tanya likes it, you're going to like it, right? Because she's my toughest critic. She is my absolute toughest critic. And when, when I got home last week, I, I asked her, so what would you think of the message? And she had some excellent criticism. And what's great is um, Tanasia, we didn't even talk about like, what she was going to talk about for the MC this morning. But she hinted on Tanya's critique. Uh, Tanya and Tanasia hang out together a lot of time, by the way. Just get that out of the way. Uh, but one of the things that Tanya said last week was, I just think that we talk about identity in Jesus so often that um, like, we need to review that sometimes. Because some people come in and they don't, um, they don't hear about what an identity in Jesus is. Or they hear about it, but they don't, don't know what it, they don't really know what it is. And so what a great definition um, to be identical with that which we identify with, right? And so that's what we're going for. We want to be identical to Jesus. That's like, that's like, she cracked, like knocked it out of the park. Um, by the way, I know it was really cold this week, but pitchers and catchers report in 10 days, all right? So spring is coming. We're, we're almost there. If you don't know, uh, I am a massive baseball fan, so I'm really excited for, uh, for that. Not a Red Sox fan, so um, sorry. Last week's uh, big idea was, um, was that the most loving thing that we could do for someone else was to live in our identity of a son or a daughter of the Father in heaven, right? The, the most loving thing that I can do for my family is to identify with Jesus, the most loving thing that I can do for my neighbor is to identify with Jesus. The most loving thing I can do for someone else is to identify with him. But what does this mean, Pastor Adam? We've talked over the last six months or so, we've started talking a lot about identity in Christ. But what does it mean? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Turn in your Bibles there. Follow along there. It's become my life verse. Galatians chapter 2. Verse 20, before we read it, you know what we have to do. We have to ask God to speak. So let's do that. Father, your word is alive, it's active, it's sharper than the two edges, the sharpest sword, because it pierces my soul and my spirit. It differentiates the two. It it tells me that I have a soul, but I also have a spirit inside of me. And Father, I pray this morning that you would resurrect the spirit inside of us that is Jesus, the one that died for us to give us life in that spirit. Father, I pray that people would call on the name of Jesus and that by the grace that he has for them, that they would call on his name and that he, by their faith, would restore their spirit. Speak to us through your word It's so good. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. 
This is the Apostle Paul talking to the Galatian church. My old self has been crucified with Christ. When we call on the name of Jesus, our old self is crucified with him. We identify with him in his death. It is no longer I who lives. So that old self is now dead. But Christ now lives inside of me. So I live in my earthly body. So I still, just because I, I'm, I'm dead, doesn't mean that my earthly body dies. I still have a physical body. Keep going. My earthly body uh, lives by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the identity verse. There's many, many more, many more. Because God's plan, I, I believe that there's three parts in, in God's word when we read it. It talks about our identity always first. We have to talk about our identity, and then it talks about the instruction. It gives us the instructions to live by. That's the law, but the law isn't our identity. That's what Paul goes on to say. The law isn't our identity. We don't identify. We're not identical to the law. We're identified with Jesus who died so that we don't have to do any longer, but that we get to identify with him and become alive in him. And so I'm, I'm telling you, when I learned this concept of identity in Jesus, I said to myself, Ain't nobody preaching this. And, 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 and so if I were to live this the way like this, I, I really, really, really believe that this is the key to church growth. I, be, I believe that this is the key to success in life. I believe that this is the key to everything that I've ever wanted. Because Jesus completes me. He died to bring me back into relationship with my father so that I could be alive in him. So that I could live as he lived. So I can walk as he walked. And when we identify in Christ, what we do is we become identical to Christ. The problem is we don't know who Jesus is. Galatians 2.20 is so important. What the Apostle Paul writes is so important. Man, it, I don't know if y'all are still frozen <laughs> or what, but you are, wow. This is better than you look, I'll tell you that right now. This is the best news ever. There's nothing, listen, the only thing that you have to do to have this identity is to put your faith in Jesus, period. It's by God's grace, through our faith, that we can be like Jesus, and it has nothing to do with how you act, with how you behave. But what happens when you identify with Jesus, 
You act like Jesus. You behave like Jesus. You love like Jesus. You serve like Jesus. You give like Jesus. That's what identification does. That's what identity does. It behaves as you are. But when we mess up, when, when, when I mess up, that doesn't mean that I've stopped being who I am. When I get short with Tanya and I snap at her, which never happens, but when I do, when I do, you know what? That doesn't mean that we stop being married just like that. Because we're married. She's stuck with me. It doesn't happen that, like, it doesn't end that easy. It's the exact same way with Jesus. When we place our faith in him, we identify with him. He becomes a part of who we are. But when I look at the American church, when I look at American Christians, I see an identity crisis. Christians don't know how to live like Jesus because they're so confused about who Jesus is. The reason we're confused about who Jesus is is because we make him how we want him to be. But if I make Jesus how I want him to be, guess what? I'm not serving Jesus. I'm serving Adam Harold. Jesus cannot be who Adam is. Adam can only be who Jesus is. I know it's cold outside. It just got a lot colder in here all of a sudden. I can't make Jesus me. So how do I live out this identity in Jesus? The short answer is to allow him to live in me and through me. To allow Jesus to live inside me so that he can live through me, so that he can, I, I can act as he acts. But it starts with him inside of me first. In, in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, we're not going to turn there. But it says that the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. You know what that word Christians is translated to, to mean? It means little Christ. And so, since you're at a Christian church this morning, I would like to think that you all identify as Christians. But the problem is Christians in America don't know who Jesus really is because we don't read and know his book. And, and, and in fact... One of the reasons why we struggle with identifying with Jesus is because we'll say things like, <laughs> Adam, be careful not to get on this soapbox. We'll say things. That was funny. 
We'll say things like, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ has loved the church and given himself for it. Ephesians 5.25. If Jesus died for the church, then we can't love Jesus without loving the church. We can't love Jesus without loving the things he loves, including other people. So how do I love other people the way Jesus does? Well, I hope that today's big idea will help you with that. The big idea for today, if I had one thing I want to communicate this morning, it would be this one thing. You can write it down if you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, write it down anyway. Shameless relationships begin with seeing everyone in the identity God desires for them. Notice, I didn't say in the identity that they are. I said in the identity that God desires for them. The reason I get mad at sin in your life is because I know that God has more for you. God has a better plan for you. God has a brighter future for you that doesn't include the sin that you struggle with. That's why I'm against certain sins. Because I believe that God has more for you. And the more for you is the identity in Jesus living like he lived, being like he is. But my Identity in Christ has nothing to do with my behavior. It has everything to do with Jesus' behavior that died to give it to me. Because Jesus is righteous, I am righteous. Because Jesus is holy, I am holy, regardless of how I act. But I don't act unholy because I am holy. Do you understand? Identity is so important. But we can't look at others and force the identity of Jesus on them. We have to look at others like God desires their identity to become. When I see the American church, I see the American church forcing identity on people. That's not what God does. In fact, he loves them to the identity that he has for them. He shows them that grace, that forgiveness, that mercy, that all these things will lead them to being just like him. Not condemnation, not judgment, but love. So my righteousness is the righteousness of God not the righteousness of Adam Harold. That's good news. Because in my righteousness, I fail. If my righteousness had to do with how I acted, I would be, the Bible says, filthy rags. But my righteousness is based on Jesus that died for it so that I can have it. 
It has everything to do with who I am. Not with what I do. Therefore, the person's identity, that the people that I'm trying to love, who they are, who God wants them to be, doesn't have anything to do with how they act towards me. It doesn't have anything to how they act towards me. The identity that God has for them has everything to do with them placing their faith in Jesus and me loving them to the point that they do that. One of the things that we've always tried to teach my, my kids, we got two kids, they're uh, 16, oh, well, shoot, she'll be 17 this week, and, and 15. Holy cow, she'll be 17 this week. <laughs> I know, I don't look that old. <laughs> One of the things that we've always tried to teach Anna and Graham is who they are. We dropped them off at a, at a friend's house or at a, at, a, at a dance or a party or wherever they go. And every single time they get out of the car, we say to them, remember who you are. And the remember who you are is followed by you're different. You're not like everyone else. Church, this morning, the message is about other people. But first, we have to look in the mirror. And I'm shining the mirror up, holding the mirror up, and I'm telling you, remember who you are. You're different. Jesus loved you so much that he died for you so that you can live as he lived, so that you can love as he loved. Now go and make a difference in the world. But the way we do that is by always seeing people in the identity that God wants them to be in. So turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. That was, that was all introduction. We call that a big front porch. <laughs> Exodus chapter 3. Verses 1 through 7. We read it in our Bible recap this week. If you're following along in the Bible recap, uh, we're doing a Bible plan, reading the Bible throughout the 2023. This week we read this story. It's, it's, it, again, it's not a relationship um, passage. This story is about Moses and the burning bush. Remember our big idea to, re, to, to always see people in the identity that God has for them. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Let's read it together. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. By the way, Sinai is where he gets the Ten Commandments. Verse 2, there an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a 
blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer. The Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. If, you're, if you have your Bibles this morning, underline that phrase, holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. I love this interaction between God and Moses. But I know some of you are sitting there saying, Pastor Adam, that had nothing to say about relationships. Where in the world are you going? I hope you've been following along enough that you know where I'm going with this. Because if our identity is in Jesus, it's also in the Father. And if we have an interaction with the Father, every time we have an interaction with someone else, we have an interaction with the Father. Because he desires to see, he desires for them to identify with him. And every time we look at someone else, we have to see God because he loves them and he gave himself for them. So why are we calling this shameless relationships? The reason we're calling it shameless relationships isn't just because we can tack it on the previous series, Shameless Prayers. It's because I believe that when we live in our identity of Jesus, we have to do it without shame because shame will rob us of our identity of Jesus. I said shame will rob you of your identity in Jesus. We have to get rid of shame in every aspect of our lives. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. I see four things about God in this series that I believe that we should see in other people as well. Four things. Number one, God and people are amazing. God and people are amazing. Verse two and three says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire, and in the middle of the bush Moses stared in, ama- in what? Amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn. This is amazing, Moses said. God and people are both amazing. When I look at you, I see amazing. When was the last time you looked at someone with amazement? Don't answer that question. There's a lot of different reasons we can look at amazement. You are amazing. (laughs) We roll out of bed, Tanya, you are amazing. We go out on a date, Tanya, you are amazing. Like, they're different amazings. I say that because she's the most, anyway, I love you, Tanya. You're the best. She's back there smiling like, she's got that smile like you're in trouble, so. People are amazing. 
God and people are amazing. But can I tell you something about people? Their amazement has nothing to do with what they do. I, I started to Google, like, amazing things people do, which, by the way, you can go to YouTube, you can type in amazing things people do, and there are some pretty stinking amazing things that people do. Every morning we listen to a radio show where um, they, they do something called Tell Me Something Good, the good that people do. People do amazing things. People are amazing. But you know what? People's amazement has nothing to do with what they do and everything to do with who God made them to be. God made us all to be amazing. It's why when you say, Pastor Adam, what you're doing here is amazing. Listen, I know, it has, I know it's amazing, not because I'm doing it, but because God is doing it through me. I will always deflect the glory back to him because he's the one that makes me amazing. He's the one that makes you amazing. You're all amazing. Don't tell yourself any different. And don't let anyone else tell you you're any different. God is amazing, and you are amazing. And you're probably going to hear that in another message somewhere else at another church somewhere else. But you're not going to hear it the way that I just presented it to you. It has nothing to do with what we do and everything to do with who God is. God is amazing, and people are amazing. Number two, God and people are magnetic. God and people are magnetic. Verse 3, Moses said, I must go and see this bush. I have to go and look at this closer. I got to get a closer look because God drew him to it. The amazing things that God does draws us to him. John chapter 6 verse 44 says, for no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And the last day I will raise them up. We have to be drawn to God. God is magnetic. He draws people to him. People can resist that. I believe people can resist that. But when they get a real look at God's grace, God's grace is irresistible. I do believe that. But God has to draw us. Now, I realize some of you are sitting there, you're going, yeah, but it's the whole people being magnetic thing that I, get a, that I have a hard time with. Listen, we live in New England. I get it. We don't always like being with people. Believe it or not, the golden retriever doesn't always like to be with people. There's a, there'll be a, a time later in today I'll have, to, I'll have to disappear from my family, get alone. But people are magnetic. You know why people are magnetic? Because we're created for each other. We're created to be in relationship with each other. That's why we're starting small groups in two weeks. Because you were created for each other. You're created to be in relationship with each other. In Genesis chapter 2, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. We need each other. We need to be magnetic. So that's what I mean. God and people are magnetic. We were created for relationships. God is amazing, people are amazing. God is magnetic, people are magnetic. Number three, you better, you, you better write this one down. God and people are holy ground. God and people are holy ground. 
Verse 5, do not come any closer, the Lord answered. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. If I'm going to look at people in the identity that God wants them to be in, then they are always holy. When I see them as the identity that God has for them, I always see them as holy, regardless of the sin in their life. Because holiness doesn't have to do with behavior. It has everything to do with who Jesus always was, already was, and is today. So I have to look at other people as holy ground. But Pastor Adam, what do I do when the car in front of me cuts me off? Holy ground, regardless of the Massachusetts plates. I've been waiting to give that one. That was a good one. If you're from Massachusetts, we love you. And we see the identity that God has for you. Like, we can joke about cutting us off in traffic, but I realize that there are some much worse things that people do that hurt us. There's pain in this room caused by people that God intended to be holy ground. That's what he intended them to have. That's what he intended them to be. And when I see them as holy ground, you know what? I now have the ability to forgive them for the deepest pain in my life. Because Jesus has given me the identity of Jesus. And because Jesus can, I, can, can forgive me, I now have the capacity to forgive other people. I have the capacity to see them as holy ground, regardless of how they act towards me. Regardless of how they act towards each other. When I made this connection to this passage, I was like, my goodness. I, I stopped being so upset when the guy cut me off in traffic. I started being a little bit more patient. I started to love people even when they hurt me. When I start to see other people as holy ground, I start to see people the way God sees them. And I haven't met one person that God doesn't like. I said like. I haven't met one person that God doesn't like or God doesn't love. Because they're, they're different. He likes all of you. And he loves you even more. Number four. God is amazing. People are amazing. God is magnetic. People are magnetic. God is holy ground. People are holy ground. Number four, God, God and people are to be revered. God and people are to be revered. Number uh, Verse six, when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. You know why he was afraid? Because of the reverence that he had towards him. 
The problem is we don't even show God reverence, let alone other people reverence. We don't know how to revere people. We don't, we don't use that word, revere. I think we, we quit using it, and all of a sudden when we quit using it, we quit doing it too. We quit having reverence towards other people. Another word for revered is admired, cherished, respected, hallowed. We don't use that word either. Hollow ground. Like the ground that I stand on is holy when I look at a person face to face. When, when I understand this concept, I'm all of a sudden I'm right there when we're having a conversation. I don't, I don't drift off. Sometimes I drift off. When I, when I sit here and I go, this person's holy, I pay attention to what you have to say. All the time. That's, that's reverence. That's respect. The, the word afraid or fear the fear of the Lord. It doesn't even touch the actual meaning of the word because the actual meaning is, is so much more than fear. It's respect. It's reverence. When I start looking at people like they're amazing, like they're magnetic, like they're holy, and like they're to be revered, all my relationships are better. My relationships get fixed. Regardless of how I was treated, regardless of what was done, because of who I am. Stand your feet. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I hope this week, I hope that you being in church today will help you this week at work. I hope that it helps you this week with your family, your husband, your ex-husband, your ex-wife, your kids, the people that get on your last nerve. I hope that today's message will help you see them completely different. But the truth is, when I look in that mirror, it's hard for me to see myself as amazing. It's hard for me to see myself as magnetic. It's hard for me to see myself as holy ground because I know the things I do. It's hard for me to see myself with reverence weeks ago, I was with my counselor, and he said to me, he said, Adam, I think you need to forgive yourself for beating yourself up too much. 
And I was like, oh, dang. You're right. When you start to see yourself in those things, then you can see other people in that way. But I know that some of you are standing there and you're going, Adam, I could never be those things. You know what? You're right. You can't. Just like I can't. I can never be holy. But that's why I need to put my faith in Jesus that makes me holy. Maybe you're here and you've never done that. You've never put your faith in Jesus. Truth is, we have to look at people in the identity that God has for them. Not in the identity that they are. The identity that God has for them is more. The identity that God has for you is more. But it only happens by grace through faith. You have to put your faith in Jesus. And so this morning, my friend Dave and Elaine are are up front. And if you have a burden that you're carrying, we're going to sing a song called Run to the Father in just a moment. And the first line is, I've carried my burden for far too long. Something like that. Stop carrying your burden. Come to Dave. Come to Elaine. They want to go to the Father with you as brother and sister. Or they want to help you come to the Father as his son or his daughter. But the most important decision for anyone to make this morning is to identify with Jesus by faith in him. So I'm not going to have anyone raise your hand this morning. I feel like there's a lot to respond to. But if you need to place your faith in Jesus, I want to help you with that. Because it's the most important thing that you can do. And if you say this prayer with me, there's a card in front of you with an option to put, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. Mark that so that I can know your name and I can send you a card to say, welcome to the family. If you need Jesus this morning, just say this prayer with me. Right where you stand, there's nothing magical about it. Say, God, I need you. I know you want more for me. You want me to be just like Jesus who died for my sin to rescue me, to bring me back to him. I give my heart to you today. I ask you to come into my life save me by the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross and give me a new life by the resurrection when he came out of the grave. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. These altars are open this morning. If you have a need, you're welcome to come. We're going to sing another song and then we'll be dismissed. I Listen, I'm so glad you came today. I'm so glad you came today. I hope that it'll help you love others.